Gen Leadership Podcast. Every single day, Marcus Aurelius got up early, sat with his journal, tried to see the good in people, strove to do what was right, knew being the emperor did not make him better than others, and meditated on his mortality. I got all the answers to your questions. I'll be the teacher, you could be the lesson. I'll be the preacher, you be the confession. I'll be the quick relief to while you're stressing. It's a thin line between love and hate. Thank you so much for tuning into the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. We're excited to have you on and listening. Today I have the honor of introducing one of my special friends who's all the way out in California right now. I miss him dearly, but... Uh, Devin Rogers was a Hamlin baseball player of mine, and he's on the phone with us now. Devin, how you doing, my friend? Good, man. How are you doing today, Nolan? I'm doing good. It's been busy for me, but uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about what's going on out there and how you're doing with everything. I mean, we're doing as best as we can. I mean, everything is pretty hectic out here in the L.A. area. You know, the governor shut down just about everything you can do as far as recreational activities. Uh, the beach is probably the biggest thing that he shut down that is really causing a riot out here. Um, but other than that, you know, people are still finding ways to just, you know, continue their routines. Um, I know what I'm doing a lot of times is just working out because when you don't have much else to do, that's the best thing you can do to just stay active and stay healthy. Um, and then it's nice to have a pool in the backyard because I can just jump in that whenever. Um, the weather out here is absolutely beautiful, so at least that's a positive with all of this negativity that's really going yeah. on. Um, but honestly, I'm just you know excited to be back home. Glad I was able to you know just spend time with my parents and everything because you know being in Minnesota, I didn't know if I was going to be able to actually fly back home. So right. um, it's just good to be with them and everything, to be with family during all of this. Right, and I'm glad you're staying safe with everything. And it's been you know, and it can't. You want to come back here and hang out with your friends, but it can't really happen sometimes. So. Glad you're safe and everything's good. But um, the reason why I brought Devin on the show um, for our listeners is he's very talented in what he did from a leadership side of things. And I was always impressed with the way he carried himself. Um, and what better way to kind of talk about Division Three baseball um, than have somebody like this on the show? Um, Devin, I, I asked you kind of earlier when we were preparing for this, what was kind of your route to being recruited um, when you chose Hamlin? So I pretty much had my breakdown to be between two schools. So Hamlin was one school, and then there's a school in California called Cal Baptist University that I was also being recruited by. That school is actually now Division One, And the way a lot of baseball players in California think is it's only Division One. Like, there's only one way to go into college baseball. And for me, I was kind of in that same boat. And when I found out that Cal Baptist was going Division One, I, I said, okay, that's probably where I'm going to go. I'm not even really going to look into Hamlin that much. Um, But then I had a sit-down talk with the head coach over there. And the mindset between, you know, their head coach and our head coach at Hamlin with Coach Wyant, um, it was super different. I mean, it was like, you know, you're just kind of like another person. You're just a number to them. Um, Whereas with Coach Wyant, uh, he viewed you as a person. Um, He viewed you as somebody that can really make a difference on the team. 
And that was honestly what kind of separated the two for me. So, you know, having that sit down talk with that Cal Baptist coach, um, I'm still grateful to this day because I just don't think I would even be there, you know, for my entire four year career um, compared to Hamlin, where I just made the best of it, not just on the field, but off the field as well, too. Um, But yeah, I mean, like that route, like I said, it was, you know, very detailed route. Um, I looked at other schools. I really looked at, you know, how I was going to excel academically, you know, with the major that I had intended going into school. And Hamlin just kind of had everything that I needed, you know, with baseball, um, with the student man- or sports management major, with all of that. So I was just really excited to kind of have that opportunity going into it. Plus, it was outside of California, and I knew I wanted to leave the state of California, which <laughs> isn't very normal. Um, but yeah, it was really just everything that kind of added in and everything just kind of came together very well for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that, uh, happened too, was you had to do, figure out the weather, right. And the, and what Minnesota weather was like. <laughs> well, funny. Yeah. The funny thing about it is I didn't really know the weather <laughs> like, you know, like it, it actually is, you know, the weather, I thought it would be cold getting down to the forties and thirties, but I didn't realize that there was such thing as negative temperatures, Um, so just kind of having to learn how to deal with that, uh, that was just, you know, definitely a turn, but honestly a turn for the best, you know, I come back to California and I kind of see everybody as being so thin skinned out here (laughs) and so soft. So it's definitely cool to see the difference in that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so talk about what you did here in your four year career, because there's so many things that you accomplished, um, and the things that you did here to make an impact on the campus and, and kind of, I would say from an NCAA side, wide like you did a ton talk about some of those things that you were given because of the opportunity when you came here to Hamlin yeah for sure I'll I'll try to keep it in chronological order but I do know that you know as soon as I came in um first thing that I probably did was joining the student athlete advisory committee and that was actually thanks to you um you were the one that brought (laughs) me on board so um really excited that you did that because that really opened up a lot more um networks and areas for me as well too Um, But even besides that, you know, I was able to um, become, you know, a student ambassador in the admission office on campus and really just see new people every single day, um, athletes, non-athletes, just to get to know as many people as I possibly could. Um, And then on top of that, too, like you said, from an NCAA standpoint, um, I actually attended the 2019 uh, NCAA National Convention, uh, which was held in downtown Orlando. Um, Orlando, Florida. So it was really cool just to see people from all different types of schools, from Division One all the way down to Division Three, and just see how everything works within the NCAA and where my footprint was with all of that, where Hamlin's footprint was for the most part. Um, and just to kind of see, uh, like, we really did make a big impact with all these other schools. And that was just really unique for a student like myself to kind of see. So, um, yeah, that was, you know, something else that I was able to do. Um, all the internships that I kind of got myself into, you know, being an area manager for the Super Bowl 52 experience. Um, that was an awesome experience as well, too. Just learning how to run large teams of people and just training all of them in um, and dealing with kind of like a, a hectic environment with all the fans that were coming in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot that I was able to do just outside of the baseball world. I think some people sometimes forget about that. They come into school, you know, for a sport and they think that's the only thing they can do. Um, but you can do so much more, you know, with your careers. You can do, you know, like just network with people, um, get yourself involved on campus, off campus, be involved in the community. Um, I mean, really, that's what people are going to look for when it comes to employment purposes later down the road. Yeah, man, absolutely. And you're kind of the catalyst of, 
see an opportunity to take advantage of it and give it your full potential. I think everything that you did was so influential in your opportunities, but uh, was there anything that you really didn't uh, like when you got to college that you didn't quite know? I mean, we talked about the weather a little bit and I know you kind of adjusted to it, but was there anything that like you when going into college didn't really expect um, and then kind of have to adjust to that? Well, I mean, for the most part with Hamlet, I loved everything about it, but I just didn't realize, you know, colleges could be as small as Hamlin. I mean, I knew the student population size and everything, but at the same time, it kind of just made me kind of take a step back and be like, wow, like you really can know almost everybody on a campus, even in college. Um, and at first I thought that was a little strange because I was kind of, you know, more going towards the big college environment, you know, just not really knowing anybody on campus and just being so kind of separated from people because, you know, 10,000 students was, you know, I thought was minimum at a college, but going to a smaller school like Hamlin, honestly, I think that opens up a lot more, you know, avenues for you because you can get to know more people doing it that way. And, you know, um, like I said, that was probably the biggest, you know, thing that I kind of said I didn't really like at first but as I started making my way through Hamlin and my career at Hamlin I think that just made everything a lot better yeah absolutely I think it takes time too to kind of find that right like you don't really know Jake and I have talked about this on previous episodes but you, you have to find the people that you're connected with and you're kind of click per se and it doesn't have to be a small group of people the more you branch out and experience things and take opportunities to experience things uh it gives you those those people and those connections and it slowly grows over time it's like a watching your follower count on instagram go up and shoot you know into the thousands and things like that so right you're, the people that you influence and the people that you know obviously with your experiences grew so much um so that was one thing i was very very impressed with Kind of, we didn't talk about too. Another thing that you did was your leadership. Uh, I mean, you were elected on the leadership committee at Hamlin, and the way we do it at Hamlin was uh, other players select and the coach selects uh, leaders to who represent the program the best and give the best opportunity to voice the opinions of your teammates and things like that. Um, as a leader on the team, what things did you learn over your three years being a leader? Um, and what things uh, do you wish you kind of would have implemented, if, if anything? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say something I learned more than anything was you really have to trust people before you can become a leader. And the reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of times as a leader, people want to just, you know, take over. They want to be able to make all the decisions and, you know, they just want it to be, you know, what about about what they say. Um, but for me, I kind of realized you have to take into consideration how other people feel, you know, about certain things, what other people are saying about certain things, because your decisions are not going to reflect what everybody thinks. So you have to really develop a way to kind of get everybody's thoughts um, into just the way you kind of go about your leading process. And that was something that I, you know, towards the end of my career started doing a lot more. Um, I started talking to more people just in terms of how they felt the team was going, um, what kind of things that they needed to change. And I started implementing that with our head coach. I started really telling him more about that rather than just kind of having it to be what I was thinking. Um, I would say like, you know, at first, like I said, I struggled with that a little bit because I thought it was more or less like I'm in charge. I have the power. Like I can say whatever I want. But no, that's not the case. Um, you have to start with the trusting process with your teammates. Um, and then also you have to lead by example. You know, your teammates aren't going to follow you if you're going with bad examples, if you have bad body language, like they're just going to start doing that. So you have to lead by example in every way, shape or form. I mean, 
like some people might not be able to take that on because they don't want the responsibility of that. But as a leader, like you're just going to have that responsibility. That's not something you can shy away from. Um, so it's just a matter of how you're going to really take that into account um, and how you're going to move on with that and how you're going to really implement that for your teammates. Absolutely. That's a great point and, and a great way to put it. Do you think that you learned that over time or was that something that obviously when you come in, you kind of figure out your leadership style, but do you think that you figured out how to be a better leader when you were done? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, like that wasn't the first leadership role that I've been in. I had, you know, been in other ones. Um, but being a leader, it's not a one way street. You know, you have to kind of learn the process of it. You have to learn from people around you. Um, and then, you know, people have their own styles of being a leader. But at the same time, you're going to meet different people who are going to have different personalities, who are going to come from different backgrounds. And to be a leader for them, you have to be able to be adaptable to all of that. Um, and so that was one thing that I learned was there's no one way to be a leader. There's so many different ways to be a leader. And really, anybody can be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that trusting process really came in a lot more. And I started relying on that more because, you know, you have to have those people around you that are going to make you better. And you can't just be alone to be a leader. You have to have people around you at all times who are constantly making you better. Um, sometimes you have to wean out the negative ones. Sometimes you have to wean out the ones that, you know, are not really giving you that kind of vibe, I guess you can say. Um, But at the same time, you can also develop them as well, too. Like, for you to be a good leader, you can also develop people that might not have that mindset as well. Um, So that's just something that you have to learn, you know, over time. It's not something that will come overnight. Um, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it now. I'm still, you know, learning how to do it now. But um, for the most part, it's just been something that has kind of guided me on my path to being the best leader I could possibly be. Absolutely. And I think, too, you and I really connected from a side of things as far as like we would have conversations about what we needed to get better on. You know what I mean? It would be it would be a lot of that trying to figure those things out. So I I really like that and trying to help each other, you and I as leaders, figure out how to be better between us. Right. Absolutely. No, but that's that's awesome. And 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 so looking for forward into your future, how has how has Hamlin kind of prepared you? as far as opportunities um, and even the things that you've learned and picked up, how has that served you going into your now professional world and the ways that you think it's going to affect you most positively? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I guess I can make an announcement right now that I did just um, accept a full-time position with the Hershey company. So You're putting it out on air. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be moving to Vancouver, Washington, um, by the end of August. So I'm really excited about that. And I mentioned that just because, you know, this is, you know, what the future is right now. Um, I mean, it is not necessarily the distant future, but it's, you know, the future that I'm looking forward to the most at the moment. Um, but I would start on a baseball side of things. So, you know, just kind of learning what I got from the program and the organization, I'll start with the six pillars that we had. And I know, you know, this very well, Nolan, but, um, hustle, enthusiasm, intensity, discipline, communication, and loyalty. I mean, those are things that I have, you know, really kind of developed into my own type of personality because I think they're so important. Like they're simple words, but they have so much meaning to them that you can really utilize them to be just a better human being. And I would say of all of them, my favorite two would probably be the communication side of it and the discipline side of it. Um, So just as far as what I'm going to be taking into my professional lifestyle, you can't get anywhere if you're not talking to people and if you're not communicating with people. Um, And that communication comes through if you see a problem, how you're going to address that. 
Um, that communication comes through if something is wrong with you. Um, if you see that you need to kind of develop on something, who can you talk to? You know, how can you guys work together in order to kind of develop that process? Um, a discipline side of things, you know, what we kind of got from that was doing the little things most people don't think matter, right? So doing little things, that's something that is so important because people tend to try to look at the bigger picture of everything, you know, like they just try to go for the home run every time, just kind of bringing baseball references in here. But a lot of times it's the small things. It's, you know, just getting to know people, you know, like just knowing what people, what makes people tick every day, what makes people wake up every day. You know, those are things that people try to overlook because they might not see that as being important, but you have no idea what people might be going through in life. And, you know, that can be a teammate, you know, a coworker, anything like that. And if you can really just kind of develop that and just learn more about people around you, I mean, you're just going to have people that are going to be on your following side. They're going to want to, you know, help you out down the road um, in your career. You know, that might be somebody that will help you to get a connection, you know, like let's say five, 10 years down the road. And you might not have any clue about that right now. Um, but that's something that you're starting because that's something that you're doing every single day. Um, so that's like a baseball side of it. I would say from, you know, an academic side point that I've kind of, you know, realized and everything, having small classes has really helped me to kind of see what I'm going to be doing in my future because, you know, small classes means that you really get to work with different personalities all the time. Um, and working with different personalities, it really just kind of shapes the way that you work with individuals. And if you're able to work with just about anybody that you, you know, come from or you're around or whatever it makes life a lot easier um and that wasn't something i was really good at right away i was really good at just talking i wasn't really good at talking with people i was talking to people um so that's something that i've kind of developed um you know along the way and i'm just excited you know for what the future has for me um and i really just thank everything that the process had led me to you know talking to my teammates talking to you know academic advisors you know the career development center coaches and like everything you know people might take that for for granted a little bit but there's so much that can really just make you a good person um in the career world as well too absolutely and congratulations again that's a that's a huge announcement uh making that and everything like that and thank very, you very Appreciate happy it. for you um thank you. so Talking a little bit about that, uh, you made a point in there about, you know, the small class sizes and things like that. Going more towards a baseball side of things, how would you deal with teammates who you don't necessarily get along with or you kind of struggle communicating with? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would definitely say the side of struggling with communicating, that's something that I don't have a huge problem with anymore. And that's just mainly because I focus on that a lot more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I've had teammates in the past that I haven't been the biggest fan of, but I would never say that I've had a teammate that I truly did not like. I might not like their antics. You know, I might not like how they go about things, but you know, a lot of times off the baseball field, I can go and, you know, have a beer with them or I can just go and socialize with them. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just kind of, uh, trying to distinguish between, you know, who they are in the workforce um, or who they are on the baseball field, um, just doing, distinguish that between who they are just as a person. Um, and a lot of times they are good people. They just might not be able to show it in that kind of environment. Um, so I, I definitely think, you know, the way to do it is just if you have a problem with somebody, you just need to straight up talk to them. Um, you know, take them to the side. You don't have to do everything in front of people to make a show about it pretty much. Um, I would say you definitely get the best responses when you can take people to the side and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation because it builds a lot more trust and respect with that person. 
Um, the fact that you're not just trying to, you know, show them up or embarrass them. Uh, I think this, you know, overall, that just makes for a better, you know, communication standpoint, better friendship standpoint. Um, so that's something that I've been able to kind of run with uh, as well. Plus, just, you know, holding people accountable. I know I do need to kind of be better at that one a little bit. Um, but yeah, just holding people accountable to, you know, what they say they're going to do um, or what they're just straight up supposed to do. Um, just always just trying to make sure that they're kind of like on the way to being successful, you know, being a good person to everybody else around them. I know I kind of emphasize that one a lot, but I just think that's so important and so critical, um, really just in society nowadays. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more there. Absolutely. What, as far as baseball side of things, what are the things that you did that set you apart? Um, whether that was through your routine, the, your workouts, Something that we always try to uh, replicate and, and talk when we're coaches and uh, leaders is the things that we do aren't necessarily always for you, but the reason why we do them is we've had success doing those things in our routines and everything, and that's led to us being in the position that we're in. Uh, what things that you did during your playing career allowed you to kind of open up and, and gain a little bit more than somebody else would yeah, absolutely. I would say the coachability side of things, you know, that's something that I always thought was, you know, really important to do. You know, if there's somebody that's telling you something that you're doing wrong, I mean, it doesn't just have to be a coach um, or, you know, me being a senior, a fellow senior. It can really be a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, you know, anybody. If they see something wrong and they really tell you about it, then just listen to them. Just be coachable, you know, because they're not telling you because they think, you know, something of you. They're telling you because they want to make you better. Um, so I would just say being open to listening to what people have to say is something that kind of separates me a little bit. Um, the coachable side of everything, because you can't be a leader without being a coach, without being coachable first. Um, so I would just kind of say, you know, putting those two things together, not being afraid to, you know, take a risk with anything. Um, just being, like I said, open. I, I just think that kind of helped my career out um, along the way, you know, like it's not a ton that I say to that one just because like, I think it's just su super simple. Um, just be coachable. Don't be afraid of anything. Don't be afraid to ask questions. That's huge. Um, a lot of people kind of fear that because they fear what the response is going to be. But honestly, if it's a bad response, who cares? <laughs> um, right. That's just on that person if they really have something negative to say. So if they have something negative, somebody else will have something positive. So ask somebody questions. Um, don't be afraid to do that. Absolutely. Um, kind of shifting it to a baseball side of things. What was your uh, routine when you got to a ballpark? Did you do anything differently than other guys? Do you have any superstitions? Um, I guess start there and we'll kind of we'll evolve the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, probably, you know, just walking up to the field. Um, I always walk slow walking up to a field. Don't know why that happened, but it's like walking up to the field slow just allows me to kind of relax a little bit more. allows me to think um, just about, you know, like my approach for the day. Um, but then at the same time, too, a lot of people notice the way I walked. Um, funny enough, but it was kind of like they called it a swag walk because I always walked like, you know, with a little like <laughs> extra oomph in my step, I guess you can say. Um, but I did that because it just relaxed me. It wasn't because I was trying to, you know, show anybody up or just be cocky. It was just really because it, I was relaxed when I was just walking with a little bit of a swag with my step. Um, so that's something that I would do just in the walk. Um, when I got to the field, I always got there, you know, at least one of the first ones to the field because I just like to just take everything in, you know, just kind of like getting there, maybe listening to music, um, maybe doing like a little workout before whatever it is eating. Um, I just like to be there first so I can just get going before everybody else does. You know, that's just kind of like my thing. Um, and then what people 
typically didn't really notice what I was doing is if I was just sitting there quiet and not really talking, it was because I was kind of focusing on my breath a little bit. Um, I know, you know, we had a coach, uh, Weston Germain. He was very big into the mental side of the game and, you know, focusing on your breath and everything. That's something that I would do, but it wasn't very noticeable noticeable to people. Um, They just kind of saw me as being, you know, just quiet sometimes before games. Um, But that was just me getting into the zone. Um, And then I would act like a fool. Uh, Acting like... (laughs) music blasting in the locker room or doing anything like that and just dancing you know like a maniac um i would just do that because if i had any last minute jitters before the game that just kind of shook them all away um so yeah it was it was a lot of things that kind of got me ready for a game got me you know in the zone um i never would say i was a stickler or very serious um about much before games just because i thought if i did i would just overthink everything um but yeah it was just a lot about just kind of relaxing just finding ways to relax um, and then even in a game, you know, when I go up to the box, uh, one thing I kind of learned about myself this year was if I felt like I was kind of stressed or pressed about anything, uh, I would always stretch. And that stretch would involve me with my bat, uh, touching my toes. And that kind of just released all of that stress for me for some reason. Um, like I said, I don't really, really know why any of that happened. It was just something that came natural to me, I guess. Yeah. As a baseball player, I did the same thing, you know, like every time I stepped in the batter's box, I would do two shakes with my right wrist, two shakes with my left wrist, do a couple swirls with my bat on both sides, do some stretching, and it would be that consistent routine that I developed over time. Now, I did it more of a superstition because when I was hot, I, I felt better, you know, and like when you feel that too as a baseball player, you think like, okay, things are going well, I got to keep doing the same thing over and over. But it takes time, right, to develop your routine and figure that out. I'm sure when you were a freshman, it was very much different than it was when you were a, when you were a senior. Yeah, as a freshman, I mean, I could definitely speak to the fact that I just wanted to, you know, get in the box and just, you know, show what I can do. It wasn't wasn't much of a routine that I had. It was just, you know, kind of get in there and just see, you know, just see what I can do. And sometimes uh, I look back at that. I'm like, sometimes that seems like it worked because, you know, I just didn't really think about much. I just went in there and I just swung as hard as I could, you know, whereas when I got older, I was like, okay, I have this routine. I have to stick to it. You know, don't get pressed. And sometimes I was like, wow, you're thinking too much. Like you don't need to do that. You just need to get in there and just follow the routine that you've been doing through practices and through all of that kind of stuff and just trust the process. And, you know, all of that kind of started building up. And I'm like, finally, like, I figured it out. <laughs> like, I don't know why I made it so hard for myself ever. So, um, yeah, I mean, freshman year, it was definitely really different because I just wanted to try to show my abilities. Whereas senior year, everybody knew my abilities and I was just trying to make the most of it at that point. Do you think you were ever trying to prove anything to anybody when you were younger? Absolutely. Um, I feel like I had everything to prove at that point because you don't really know me as a baseball player until I start playing games you know, at first it can just be everything that I'm saying, like, oh, I'm talking about, you know, um, everything that I'm doing. I'm saying I'm getting to getting into the weight room, but am I doing that? You know, sometimes I wasn't doing that, you know, every day freshman year. It was like, okay, I'm going to do it and then never do it. Um, but as I got older, I'm like, yeah, people don't listen to what you say. They respect your actions. So I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to have to run with it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get to the weight room every day. You know, I'm going to get to practice earlier, get maybe a couple hacks in before practice, whatever that might be, um, just to get myself into the zone. So, yeah, I would definitely say it was very different freshman year compared to now. Absolutely. And I think, too, the things that I saw you do as a player, you would be in the weight room longer than anybody else. And that extra time that you've spent doing those things separated yourself from the pack. 
or even getting there early. It's the same thing, vice versa there. Your ability to get there early, understanding that by putting in this extra time, by the time I'm a senior, nobody's going to question that. And, and it didn't have to be a, a measure of like, I was doing this much. It was just your actions always spoke for what you were doing. And that's something that not a lot of people understand when they're younger is that their actions speak for their words. So that's a great point as to how to develop some of these younger guys um, when they come in. And I think you just kind of open up a light bulb in my head as far as teaching uh, this ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as far as when you were in a game and you felt stressed, what were some of the things, I know you talked about like stretching, uh, what were some things that you did? Well, maybe let's say you're out in center field and it's a tense situation. Um, what were some things you did? Because it's very lonely out there, isn't it? It can be. You know, a lot of times <laughs> I would always shout over to the left fielder or the right fielder, whoever that might be, um, and we would just have conversations out there. So I never really felt alone, you know, when I had them. Um, just because they were just people that I can trust and I can know I can just have a conversation with. Um, so I would say in center field, I, I never felt stressed at all because I knew that was my strong suit of the game, the defensive side. Um, but then when I got in the box, you know, there'd be times when I feel stressed and I would, I'll tell you them right now, you know, letting a pitch go by that I know I could have crushed or fouling off a pitch that I know I should have crushed, you know, that stuff can get me a little bit stressed um, or maybe just kind of thinking about in that bat that I had before and coming back into the box and just trying to forget about that. Um, to be honest with you, besides the stretching, though, um, I'm not going to lie, I would look at a pitcher and I would just say, fuck you. Like, it would, it would be that simple. I would just, you know, say that, look him dead in the eye and just know that I was better than him. Um, because I felt like if I ever got to the point where I was kind of telling myself, you know, okay, you have to keep talking and telling yourself, you know, you're better than this guy, then I was just going to put extra stress on myself. Whereas if I would get in the box and I could just look at somebody and just feel that way, mm-hmm. um, that's how it became more natural to me. And a lot of times it just, it just felt natural. I would get in the box and I'd look at a dude and I'm just like, this dude is so average. Like I'm so much better than him. Like, I don't know why I'm even pressing right now. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I just had to kind of relax and just be like, like even laugh a little bit. Cause I'm like, I don't know why you let this dude <laughs> try to overpower you. He's, he's nothing compared to you. Um, and that's just me being honest. Like, you know, even if there's people, you know, on the podcast that played against us or whatever, like, that's just the honest truth. Like nobody was ever better than me when I got in the box. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have that same attitude back at you. And then, right. and then it becomes an attitude of like, I know I trust my process and everything that I've prepared for. I'm still going to beat you. Like there's right. nothing you can't do that's going to set me right. apart from that. So, you know, I completely agree with that. And it's, it definitely is. It's like those Japanese players in Little League when they yell at the pitcher it's a power thing. It is like you have to right. feel powerful in the game of baseball, especially to have success and do all those different things. So, right, absolutely. And I know one thing I did too, Nolan, was I asked a couple guys on the team. I was like, "Do you think that whatever you do, so if you're just a pitcher, um, position player, whatever that is, do you think that you're the best at what you do?" And I asked them at different levels. So I said on the team, and I said in the MIAC, and then I said on a national level. And, you know, on the team, a lot of them said, yes, like they are the best at what they do on the team. But then when it got up, you know, to the MIAC, to the national level, the answers started turning into no. And for me, I questioned them. I said, why is it a no? Like, just because you're adding more people, it shouldn't be a no. Like your mindset shouldn't change just because you're putting in other people, you know, like different players. And that's one thing that I was just trying to get them to realize. Like, it doesn't matter the setting that you're in. You have to just truly think that you are the best at what you do um, because that's building confidence right there. And that's something that I know helped me was 
I looked at everybody around me and I said, I am the best. And that was just something that really pushed my confidence to a whole nother level that I didn't really get my freshman and sophomore year. That really started my junior and my senior year. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. And I think that's a great way to finish the ideas that we've put together in this podcast here today for the listeners. What goals, Devin, do you have set forward for yourself? Uh, I kind of want to share these things if you're, if you're open to sharing them. What things do you have set for your future here and, and ideas that, that you can open up to other people about if you feel sh- comfortable sharing that? Yeah, so uh, just as far as goals for the future, so, I mean, I know I've talked to you about this a lot, Nolan, but um, the goal of, you know, starting my own sports agency, that is still um, very much a goal. Um, just it's been something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to own my own business and I've always wanted to stay in the world of sports. And that just gives me the best of all of those worlds. Um, so, I mean, the process of getting there is really just trying to work a lot, you know, just, you know, getting connected to people, meeting new people, um, just kind of seeing how all of that would work out for me. And I think the best thing as far as having a goal is to say them out loud. So I, I have no shame in telling you this over the air because, um, that's the only way that your goals would ever come into fruition is if, you know, other people hear them so they can hold you accountable. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me right now is starting my own agency. Um, also just as far as being a human being, uh, I just want to meet people all the time. You know, a goal for me is just, uh, on a quantifiable level is just to meet, you know, I'd say at least a thousand people a year. <laughs> like that might sound like a lot of people, but at the same time I can be around a lot of people, you know, like, being in a sales position that I'm going to be with the Hershey company is going to have me be around everybody at all times. Um, so, you know, just talking to new people, just getting a perspective about that. Um, and really just building relationships at all times. That's like always a goal for me because, you know, it's not just because it's for my own self benefit. Um, I just really like to be a good person to other people. I really want to see, you know, what people have, you know, as far as their aspirations in life, uh, and maybe how I can be a help in their life as well too. Like that's something that I've always wanted to, you know, take a pride in is just being a good person to everybody around me as well. That's awesome, man. Well, one, we appreciate you having, having on the podcast here today. Uh, two, congratulations on the job. And three, man, I hope you're staying safe out there in Cali. We, uh, we're excited to get you back here, but that can wait. And uh, just once, sure. we, once you get back here, it'll be nice to have you back in Minnesota yeah. for a little bit longer. Absolutely. And thank you, Nolan. Like for the people on the air as well, too, like like Nolan mentioned, uh, him and I, we go back all the way to my freshman year. And, you know, we got really close really fast because our personalities are very similar. Um, But one thing that you guys need to know about Nolan is that he is the definition of a real leader. Um, At the same time, he's the definition of a real friend as well, too. So he's been one of my best friends since I've been at Hamlin. Um, So I'm just glad I was able to, you know, make that journey out to Minnesota to meet somebody like a Nolan because our friendship isn't just the years that we had at Hamlin. It's everything after Hamlin as well. And that's what really is going to matter, too. So honestly, like, yeah, thank you for everything, Nolan. Just want your listeners to hear that as well, too. Thank you. That means a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. We're so grateful that you joined us here today. If you like what you've heard, we hope that you subscribe and uh, tune in to future episodes. I'm sure Devin will be back, and, and hopefully we'll have him here in person in the studio in the future too. So with that, thank you, and have a great rest of your day.